Homage to the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha. The question that's been asked is, could you briefly run through the instructions again for the painful practice with slow realization and how to get to immeasurable metta, please? Let's look at the instructions for painful practice with slow realization. So this is Dukkha Patipada Danda Vinya. And remember that with this meditation, it's very important to always complete the meditation with metta. That even if you can only do the first couple of steps, just make sure you finish your meditation with metta, irrespective of whether you fully completed the whole insight pathway. You need to learn and build up to that. And sometimes what happens at the start is you, you have notes or things to help guide you at the beginning until you get proficient at the meditation. But for safety reasons, because the meditation objects involve a subhavavana, so the meditation on the repulsive, it's very good to make sure you end the meditation with metta. So if you're an intermediate to advanced practitioner, then it's very good to incorporate all five meditation objects. So this is contemplating the unattractiveness of the body, perceiving the repulsiveness of food, perceiving non-delight in the entire world, contemplating the impermanence in all conditioned phenomena, and having the perception of death well established internally. Now for people who are learning this meditation, my recommendation is always to pick your best meditation. So when it comes to what you start with, usually the easiest ones to start with are unattractiveness of the body, or perceiving the repulsiveness of food, or the death contemplation. The other two, it takes a little time to actually come to, but for some of you, you may already know the Chunda Sutta, the Dadato Punyam Pavadati, so by giving merit grows that particular gatha, or some of you might already know the Haladikani Sutta and that resonates with you, so do that. But either way, the first step is to pick a meditation object. And so if you're learning this meditation and you're not intermediate or advanced, just pick your best meditation. The main thing that you want to be able to do is to see the body correctly and see the physical nutriment correctly. So that's usually gross or subtle form. And so when you do that, what you're trying to do is to see that clearly externally, but also internally, because you are correcting the view. Because what Buddha says is to overcome the wrong view, particularly around the body or food, you actually need to cultivate the right view what we're really trying to do is overcome the perversion that we are seeing fair in the foul. When really what the truth is, is that there is foul in, the, in what we consider fair. That's what's very important about this. To deepen the meditation, that's why you look at it externally and you look at it internally. Now, when you deepen that, you really take it as something that you're familiar with. So when you take your own example, it's very strong. So if you've had a particular example, such as an accident, and you really see blood, or you really see pus, or you really see a fracture of the bone, or you know something that really shows you uh, firsthand that it's not fair, it's not attractive, it's not beautiful, then it really helps you. Same with if you get repulsed when you're eating and you see something in your food. That's why these personal examples really get you to connect because when you correct the view, the misapprehension, the perversion in the mind that happens, it happens at the perception level, it gets embedded in our thoughts and then it gets deeply embedded by our view. 
So what we're trying to do is really powerfully cut that. When you do that, you've done that first meditation, you enter the first jhana. You, you know that you enter the first jhana when that truth is very real. So you start to feel the rapture, particularly around the head, because what you're saying is you've corrected the view and you're now prepared to give it up because you see it for what it really is. So that person you took as attractive, you no longer hold it in the same way in your meditation. So we're not talking about this outside of the meditation for the time being. This is purely informal meditation. So when you see it, even in one's own body, then what happens is that truth resonates so strongly that the head starts to tingle. And so that's when you enter the first jhana. Now at this point, you start contemplating, after you allow the jhana to be there for a little while, you start to contemplate mindfulness of the body, particularly through arising and passing away. So this is what we looked at in the Samadhi Bhavana Sutta. So you do that in your meditation, you say, oh, I previously took it as beautiful or fair or foul or something you delighted in, and you go through the Samudaya. Then after doing that, you go through the Thangama, the passing away, the very important part of the meditation. Take as long as you want in your meditation going through that. What you're trying to do, the objective is, because this is very important, the objective is to actually see any of those links in the Paticca Samuppada, any of the links in dependent origination. You either see that you either break that link out of the craving, so you're no longer craving the Abhinandati, Abhiwadati, Ajrosayatiti. So when you don't see delight, don't welcome, don't remain holding, you're breaking it at the craving portion. So there's no clinging. So this is the craving and clinging link. Or if you see the clinging and existence, or with existence and birth, if you don't seek to come to exist, then there's no birth. So what you're really trying to see is if you break any of those links, you break the, the cycle that leads you back to Dukkha again. So when you see that link, independent origination, in the Paticca Samuppada, the concentration comes for the first abiding. So what's really strong about it is when you see Paticca Samuppada, how that works, which of the links or all of those links that we went through, you're touching Nibbana. So you realize at that point, because you enter the, the, the jhanas, not just first, but you can go all the way up to the fourth jhana. This is the Dibha Vihara, the first abiding. You realize at that point, everything that you're enjoying in the world, what you do to fix the feeling of sadness, whatever it is, that you live through your sense faculties. And what you're living with is things that are crumbling, things that are sliding. The useful way of seeing it is that we think we're living in paradise by reconstructing and fixing through going through all these physical nutriment, whether it's a person or an object. And what we realize is that we're really in a cesspool because it's foul in nature, it's death bound, it's sliding, it's unstable. And so we see it more like a cesspool at that point. Or it could be this way of seeing it like a worm in the cow dung. It's really dung but the worm sees it as something that is wonderful. And so this is when you touch Nibbana, that you see something that is outside of the experience of the world. So now you realize what is there to take delight in the world? Everything is sliding, everything is foul in nature. It's not what we thought. So when you realize that, you come to the fact that you don't want 
things in the world that are of that nature. You prefer this touching Nibbana, this thing that shows you there's something else. With the jhanas, that is the benefit of the jhanas. So what we want to do from this point is we want to make effort. So this is the first right striving. We want to prevent anything that is going to take us back out into the world. So the first right striving is that you want to prevent unarisen, evil, unwholesome states. You know that if you have any of these thoughts come to arise, it will send you back out into the cow dung, out into the cesspool, out into the world. I'm not going to create any means for that to trigger sensual thoughts, ill will thoughts or cruelty thoughts because you don't want to get go back into the world, back into the cesspool, back into the cow dung. Now when you see that and you realize you don't want to do that, what you're really understanding is the first wonderful and marvelous idea. You realize that with birth there comes aging, there comes sickness and there comes death. So our predicament is really bound up in this first noble truth of suffering that if we birth, it leads to aging and death. Then it leads to the whole mass of suffering. So that is due to birth really, kicks it all off. So we realize that we don't want to do this again, that we always meet suffering, that no matter what food we eat, no matter what loved ones we hold on to, material objects we turn to, whatever medicine in the world, it doesn't fix it. Everything has this fragile, unstable, unlasting nature. We can't ultimately fix it. And so the wonderful and marvelous idea is when we truly see the first noble truth, that we realize we really can't fix this. So we always meet suffering. Due to birthing this body, we always meet suffering. So when you realize that at this portion of the meditation, you realize you need to make a determination. So this is the first determination. And what is this determination? It's the determination for truth, this Satcha Dithana. Whatever is false has deceptive nature. What is true has undeceptive nature. And so that is the Nibbana. So Musa Yang, Mosadamang, Tang, Satchang Yang, Amosadamang, Nibbana. What we realize in the world, it's always sliding. It's deceiving us. There are lies packed into how we have viewed and been conditioned with the world. What our consciousness is constructing is always sliding. It doesn't last. It's always dying. So what we find is that what is lasting is Nibbana. We get that taste of it through the jhanas. So when we make that determination for truth, such aditana, so when we make this determination, whatever we used to desire, so consciousness, it's always creating something that is death bound. So we, that subsides. We, we don't desire consciousness because it constructs things that fail us. So our desire for Nibbana, the attainment of lasting Nibbana, it arises. So this is the concentration due to desire, this Chanda Samadhi. We don't long for unlasting consciousness to create something that always dies, but our desire for attaining Nibbana increases. So when we have this concentration due to desire, we know there are two enemies. We know it's Abhija and Dhammanasa, so covetousness and sadness. Because with covetousness, when we long for something, when we want something, usually it's in the world, usually it's associated with the physical nutriment. So we know the automatic thing is when we covet something, it always ends up in Dukkha Dhammanasa, painfulness and then sadness. And so what do we need to do? We need to put up the security guard. We need to restrain our sense faculties. 
So this connects us with Santindrio in controlling our sense faculties, which is grade six of Metta School. We come to grade six of Metta School, and basically what we need to do is continue with the meditation. So at this point, we are meditating from controlled in the sense faculties to prudent, from prudent to courteous, from courteous to not yearning for families or groups, we then go to wishing all beings to be happy, to not suffer. We give up anger or ill will. We become virtuous. We give up lust in the senses and where we end up is no wish to conceive in a mother's womb. Now with this, you remember that we are cultivating the skilled states. So we are purifying our physical conduct, our verbal conduct and our mental conduct. And so we spread metta like a mother who has purified physical, verbal and mental conduct who has the 10 skilled states we spread in all direction. From this understanding of the first noble truth, the noble truth of suffering that exists for all living beings, we understand we spread to all living beings. May they be happy and well. May they be free from suffering. May this door to Nibbana remain open to them. And so whether these sentient beings are big or small, seen or unseen, near or far away, all planes of existence, they all have the same predicament. So we wish this to all sentient beings. Freedom from suffering, may the door to Nibbana remain open to them. And so we keep spreading metta in this way. And so this is Dukkha Patipada Danda Binya. This is how you actually do this meditation. So the important thing again, make sure that you get all the way down to the last step if you can. But even if you don't, make sure you spread metta to finish off the meditation. So we can share merit with all sentient beings. May all beings be happy and well. May all beings be free from suffering. Blessings of the Triple Gem, wishing you all well. Beruan Saranai.